Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Sykes and a Mic. Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media. We are live. Hey, hey, hey. So I guess we have to wait for people to come. Okay. Well, AKA my mother. <laughs> Let me see. Wait, I want to get to where you can see the. Erica will probably be able to see who's coming in. I, was I will to see the comments. Will I? Possibly. We got one. Hey. Hey. I don't know how I would see that. Hi. Okay, we got two. How are you seeing things? I don't right. see anybody. I'm right. on Facebook. Look, that's why oh, I'm trying to find Facebook. it. Like, where we at? I'm on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about the aunties on the podcast. This is such an auntie conversation. I'm so sorry. Listen. Listen. It's okay. like Let's the aunties on the podcast. Right well, I was just waiting on somebody to call it Facebook. Like, <laughs> that's all I was waiting for. Now, how did you find it? Or the Facebook. The Facebook. Oh, I found it. Ooh, okay. Y'all are funny. All right. Well, while we're waiting for people to join, um, you want to do a quick check-in, introduce our guests? Yes, that'd be great. Yes. How you doing, Erica? Oh, well, yes, me. Um, I am doing well. I am doing well. Excited to be here. Glad I made it. Um, it's been a good Sunday. I might catch the itis mid show because I did eat just a moment ago. Nice. Um, so, so that that process might start kicking in a little bit, but I'm good. I'm I'm here right now. If y'all see me fading a little bit, just you we got know. you. Yeah. You got yeah. You. Well, Shari, we already had our itis earlier. We took a nap. Yeah, we're in Charlotte. <laughs> we went to uh Mertz Soul Food Spot. Oh. Yeah, it was bomb. It was bomb. Yes. It yeah. was bomb. Oh yeah. yeah. Side of COVID. So we took a. <laughs> hey. Yeah. I risky for that chicken. I ain't gonna lie. So. <laughs> you should have name dropped Chad in there. They would have. They would have gave you an extra piece of meat. Well, it's right down the street. We, Are you? Well, nah. You should name drop. You can name drop me at Seventh uh, District. You can't name drop me at Mertz because. I'm probably on the bad check wallet. Oh, no, not the bad check. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I haven't wrote, wrote a check since 99. It's okay. <laughs> Special guest with us today. We have Money Marv, aka Marvin. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And we got Chad over here. How are you? <laughs> so we wanted to bring the male perspective um, in this conversation that we're going to get to shortly. Um, so do y'all want to tell the viewers and the listeners a little bit about yourself do you want to start off more oh yeah absolutely so born and raised in birmingham alabama birmingham. um as you can see went to auburn university okay. I'm, a, I'm a connoisseur of all things african-american and black women um in general i i love i don't know if connoisseur is the word you want to use right jokes, i don't man. think it works jokes, jokes but no, in all seriousness, um, I truly am an advocate of all things for African-Americans and trying to end inequality and trying to 
end uh, racism as we know it. Uh, uphill battle, but we're trying to get it done. All right. All right. All right. So you, Chad. Hey, I'm Chad Hewlett. Uh, I also am from Birmingham, Alabama, and I am a graduate of the only university that's a PWI in that state that matters, <laughs> and that's the University of Alabama. Um, also, <laughs> I'm currently. I know, like, cut his mic. Oh, y'all can cut my mic off now. <laughs> it can't. Anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I am actually a retired foot soldier activist. I am actually now more in the um, consulting and I guess you would have to say communication space as far as my advocacy for black uh, men, women, children, everybody. I am a podcaster. I did my first podcast in 2005. I'm relaunching my podcast next month. And I'm currently the host of Magic City Mondays. Not what you're thinking. It's the one. <laughs> it's official, yeah, it's the official <laughs> podcast for the city of Birmingham. Uh, and that's me. Nice. Yes, welcome. Oh, and I'm a proud father of a 17, I mean, seven-year-old prince and an 11-year-old princess. And I love them very much. I was like, what? I was wait. like, wait a minute. Yeah, y'all, y'all should be like, wait a minute, you hid this for how long? Yeah, no, good. Okay. You this out? 17? Wow. Awesome. Thank y'all for coming. We appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we've been watching the episode um, like this for a minute, and we were saying, well, we got to have it balanced. Like, it can't just be us three women talking about gender wars and why everything is so, you know, just tough right now. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, made some good books, though. Uh, she made some really good books. Tell you, Maiden Excel was a warning, as uh, Bridget Burr said. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cautionary tale. Hey Napoleon. Hey, Dr. Will. All right, Napoleon. Um, does anyone so we normally start off with a, a question? Um, I don't know if either of you have a question. Um, Erica or Shari to kick us off with. What was the song I was talking about in the car, April? It was a black song. Um, we were trying to figure out a lyric, but I forgot. No, the other one about that I realized was about cheating. Oh God. Peace of my love. Yeah, guy, peace of my love. I literally oh. just realized that that song was about cheating. Literally. And so, I'm yes, peace of my love, because he can't give it all. Oh. Y'all don't listen to lyrics. We you can have a piece okay. of my love. It's waiting Wait for you. you. Yeah. I mean, so was, did you guys know? That's my question. Of like, did you know that that song was about cheating? And if not, are there other songs that in your adult life you finally realize what the lyrics are about, and you're semi-appalled? Because I was semi-appalled. I just had this conversation with. <laughs> I just had this conversation with uh, my best friend, and we were talking about SWV's Rain. You know what I'm saying? Oh. No, y'all would not ruin Rain. Rain. <laughs> And I said, girl, what this song is about, please. (laughs) Okay, so the song says, Rain down on me, let your love just fall like rain, shower me, just Mm. rain on me. Wow. And so in the lyrics, and people have a problem with WAP. But that's not wait, wait, wait. I'm still trying to figure out like what you're saying the problem is because (laughs) it's not a problem. It's not a problem. The question was, are there songs? that you did not realize exactly what they were talking about or referring to until later on in in your adult life. And I was telling my my friend that this song is not about rain. 
It is Coco <laughs> herself saying y'all are y'all are not y'all are distorting the words. Coco was lying for her mama. Okay, because her I, mama I, was watching that. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look up the lyrics to that. I gotta go. Yes, I'm yeah, sorry. Y'all, y'all look that up. I will say "Downtown" by Sylvie V was a song. That yeah. I didn't realize. Right. So I they thought, gonna tell me that Rain wasn't one of those two? Y'all made "Downtown." That's the way to go love. <laughs> Because and after he went downtown, he reigned. Downtown, downtown was like you. I was just young and didn't even know what they were referring to. Period. So that one thing, yeah, I didn't know. Did a job of disguising, I was just 11. So, <laughs> right. So I thought they were literally talking about going downtown, like, like downtown to the to a place, a destination. <laughs> Yeah. We, we said a, it was a lot of wild stuff being said back then. Cause think about it, Bellevue Vote backstage, underage, adolescent. Yo, okay, no, that is child molestation. That's Stop not it. okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no. It's gross. That, it's just it's gross. Awareness, development. You go back like, wait, what? Rewind? Like. Biggie had said some stuff that made me say, like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Girl, you look so good. Yeah, I was, y'all still in your daddy's. There's nothing new mm-hmm. under the sun, Dan. Okay. Nothing new under the sun. Mm. Cool. From cheating to rain. But provocative lyrics haven't, haven't been, you know, ain't new. I mean, even in the oh, 20s. Yeah. What you call it? Uh, Dr. Stacy Patton has a list of about 100 songs probably by now. Of just songs from like the te- the teens and the twenties and the thirties, the blues has been way nastier than well, we ever got. Yeah, yes. we've ever been. And That's I true. love the blues because you know I, I I I still listen to it. So I think the difference is the the subliminal versus the outright. Just- I don't know. I live home to be with my side piece. I ain't really subliminal. <laughs> I be, I be ain't nothing subliminal about I be stroking. I be stroking. Claire's called it. I was listening to a podcast. I think they were playing. Her name was Lucille Bogan, and it was okay. About basically, we she said we can do it to the to the cows come home. There was one called "I Need a Little Grease in My Pot." Oh, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's old blues song. Just telling you, trips me out though. Is like we know that this happens, but like you say, uh, Miss Young. That Doctor Young. Young, I'm sorry. Put <laughs> put some respect on that name. Don't you, don't you do that. A little bit. <laughs> you don't want to turn this into a gender war. Uh, the thing that gets me, I think, it's about the personality, right? Some people like subliminal. Some people like blunt conversation. So um, right. it's really all about what, how does it resonate with right. you? Basically. Sure yeah, I do want to circle that. back to Peace of My Love. The lyrics start off with, baby, you can't have all of me because I'm not totally free. I can't tell you everything that's, that's going, going on. on. What did y'all right. think he was talking about? I don't even think I, I cared. Don't think I it was just worked a lot. <laughs> I don't think I cared. That cannot be explained. Baby, he I'm was a truck driver. He was on the road. <laughs> I just was thought, I thought he was yeah. talking to okay. his woman. Like, yeah, he was on the road. He's a truck driver. Yeah, okay. And Don't we have whole families all over uh-huh. the United States. So that's not. See, that's a stereotype. <laughs> I, I'm not supporting a stereotype about uh, truck drivers. Black men. About black men. I didn't indicate a race. I don't know too many white dudes listening to guy, but okay. That's a stereotype. Uh, that's a stereotype also. Well, the guy that was singing it was a black guy, and I said he was a truck driver. So who else would you be talking about? 
talking about the profession. Mm. Oh, the profession of right. truck drivers. The profession of truck drivers. Well, hey, all I know is black men don't cheat. So, oh, so, so we have well, any truck drivers who I don't want to die on. <laughs> so <I'm gonna> <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> that I think that brings segue. us to the whole purpose of today's <laughs> show. <laughs> is we have been dealing with um, differences in the way men and women think, the way we perceive things, um, the way we react to things. And so this has led to what we've all have affectionately known or come to know as gender wars. But we want to kind of talk about, you know, why some of this stuff even exists anyway. Why do we think, you know, we have such differences or maybe we're not as different as maybe we think we are, we just focus on different aspects of the same thing. So we want to have a conversation about that and just see, you know, how our differences or similarities come through today's uh, show. And just to kind of get a different perspective, we're often listening to ourselves, uh, Dr. April and Dr. Shari and myself. And of course, you know, we're pretty right a lot. But there <laughs> might be some things that uh, the guys might not necessarily think we're right about or agree on and, and we want to hear from a, a male perspective. And they could be wrong. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like I'm not engaging. Chad is saying <laughs> not engaging. <laughs> he says he's not gonna take the bait. He's not gonna take the bait. Smart man. Mm -hmm. Smart man. Okay. Choose, choose your heels wisely. <laughs> so I want to throw the first uh, question out there. And the, the first question supposes, why do you think these differences exist in the first place? Like, why do we have, why has it been so lucrative for people to write books and blogs and all types of things about how men and women are so different? Um, what do you guys think? Chad, if you don't mind, I'll I go ahead and jump out there first because we won't have a real adult conversation. So people are having the conversations for us, right? And when you're reading a book, you're you're basically on the sideline listening to what other people discussed. And as adults, men and women, you know, we should be able to have a conversation about like, why are we not connecting? And I feel like we're in a generation where we should be able to do that, but it still doesn't happen. And it's been going on for decades, centuries, where I truly believe every single problem can be solved with communication. Now, it doesn't mean that we're always going to end up on the same page, but I can gain clarity to make the decisions about my life if me and you had a clear communication, right? So I think uh, it's just a lack of communication, and that's the biggest issue. And plus, men... Uh, don't want to have men don't want to share certain things and i feel like women don't want to share certain things i'm not trying to say anybody's right or any any gender's right i just really believe that we lack communication or we lack the ability to say the things that really matter mm -hmm. i do want to jump in real quick and say I, I, nobody wasn't gonna give me no snaps on that snaps, i feel like snaps, that was good that was I, good yeah i want to just acknowledge that we are for the purpose of this conversation we are looking at gender in a very in a very binary way yeah and also acknowledging that gender there are different expressions of that right um but just understanding the lens of the people that are having this conversation this conversation may lend itself to a very binary and i'm, I'm going to try to be aware of that 
Um, yeah. I just wanted to throw that, just say that I acknowledge that that is the lens of this conversation. Yeah. I will we'll say, that's all. Absolutely. No, thanks for Thank you for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And very heteronormative, you know, um, based off of just discussions and in our lived experiences. So thank you for pointing that out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why do other people think these differences exist? I think it's a power. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Never mind. Right. Uh, I guess I'll say, um, essentially, this isn't new. I think that specifically within our community, since that's, you know, kind of what we're focused on, is that it's a combination of three different things. Um, There is generational trauma that we have not addressed as a culture and a community. Um, There is governmental things. Let's not talk about the Moynihan report and how we were essentially split by that, as well as, you know, split in actual life as well and all the other various laws that affected us. But last but not least, it's essentially become uh, Western culture's nature for men and women to be at odds. Um, And this is not new. Like the last generation had to deal with shit. Well, not the last generation, essentially, but it was really Generation X that had to deal with Shahrazad Ali's uh, book, A Black Man's Guide to Understanding the Black Woman and all the consternation that created. And we've seen multiple gender wars over the years manifest themselves throughout the millennials time, as well as now the the, the Gen Zers coming up and they're, they're about to start their own gender wars of their own. I think the thing that I have seen, and this is really coming from a place of a, a very singular, um, very myopic place, is that I think that what I've noticed now is that it's starting to mirror the extremism that we see in politics. Mm. For example, you have the misandrists on this side who remind me sometimes of, you know, an extreme left or right wing group. And then you have the red pill and the incel guys over here who remind me of the extreme left or right wing groups. And we very rarely find middle ground. Um, So I think that there my boy Vic wrote a book called um, Breaking the Code, uh, a guide to getting along, basically a guide to getting along with reasonable black people. I think that the narrative has to change because the truth is somewhere in the middle. It's not black. It's not white. It's gray. And so that's, I think, as Marvin said earlier, is communication. And this is and acknowledging that this is a new and something that we have to work on together. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think what I was going to say before is I think it break, it boils down to power. Um, and the reasons these wars exist, like most wars, is about power. And yeah. when people are not willing to give up power, you have people who are going to say, well, I'm going to take it um, or I'm going to do whatever I can to keep this power. So I think the gender wars exist because we live in a sexist, patriarchal society that has stated that men are here, women are here, and then it, it further breaks it down into race and it further breaks it down into mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're different. There's sub hierarchies there. But just like with anything, when you create these systems, you then have to create justifications for those systems. So then yeah. if I say that I am the most powerful, I am the smartest, I deserve all the things, I then have to say you don't because you're weaker, you're not as smart, you can't, you're not built to do these things, your brain is too small, you're only supposed to cook, clean, and have babies. And anytime you step outside of that um, boundary, I then have to push you down. So I think where the wars come in is because these roles aren't inherent to us. They were created to keep these structures in place. And when people start stepping out, it's like, uh oh, what you doing? Because now you're challenging me, Um, because if I'm in a position of power that's predicated on your oppression or your 
need to stay in the box, I'm going to buck back anytime you step outside of that, even if I'm not even Mm -hmm. realizing I'm operating from a position of power, Mm -hmm. but more, Mm -hmm. this doesn't fit right with me because I've been raised all my life that I'm supposed to be here and you're supposed to be there. And now you're trying to shake it up. I don't like that. So I think some of the wars, the the gender wars specifically with Black men and Black women are coming from that, where you're starting to see people evolve from less traditional um, roles and ideas. And that pushback is like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't like this because this is not what I was told that life is supposed to be about. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I don't, but I also kind of feel like yeah, we can evolve in their traditional roles or standards that some people view. But going back to that key conversation in the beginning, if, let's just say me and you, mm-hmm. if if I say I believe in traditional gender roles mm-hmm. in a binary way, and you say I do not, mm-hmm. then why are we still going down this road? Mm-hmm. Like, it's very clear that I believe that in a traditional sense that the man is the head of the household. Mm-hmm. You feel like, well, no, the woman maybe should be the head of the household or maybe it should be no head. I don't think a household needs a, a head in oh. the traditional sense. Well, and again, <laughs> but it's it's the example of yeah. if yeah. we are evolving and this person wants to stay in a traditional role mm-hmm. or traditional sense, then why are we even trying to make ourselves compatible? Maybe mm. that's a conversation where we should go ahead and stop. So the war is, or the issue becomes that we're trying to put a square into a round hole when you're not even compatible in the first place. So what ends up happening, somebody look real good, somebody vibing with one another, and you get down that road and you're like, man, I don't invest it all this damn time. I think the problem is, (laughs) I, I think the problem is squares are dressing as circles and vice versa to make it look like they gonna fit. And then once they actually get together, you know, the... The, the reality of who you are comes off and now it's not fitting anymore, right? So like all the words that you say, you know, in the beginning, like, oh yeah, you know, I totally agree with that. I, you know, I, I really believe in the empowerment of, you know, black men. I really believe in this, that, and the third. And then like when, you know, you kind of start to hit that wall, then that that reality starts to, you know, kind of come out and stuff doesn't, doesn't quite fit anymore. Chad, Chad taught me something a long time ago. No, don't you do this. No, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not going to that. That's oh, okay. No, no, no. Okay. Do tell. We know each other a long time. Let's just yeah, say that. Chad, like, oh, we both evolved. This was a real moment that he said to me. And he was like, Marvin, never, never fake who you are to try to get a woman. Be exactly who you are. That's right. Period. Because if she doesn't want you for who you are, you better off. So don't try to put on a front for, don't try to put on a mask, be who you are in the beginning. And I think that goes to what you were saying, Dr. Young, that people put on these, these masks and try to be representatives. However, if you are true to who you are, we wouldn't have these problems. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, let, me, let, me, let me slip back into the old me for a second. I'm going to give y'all some game right quick. Okay. <laughs> I'm putting on some game. When, when you're talking to somebody, when you're talking to somebody, and, and I've noticed this with women, um, but I know for a fact that men do this too. You will tell, you can tell exactly what a man wants from you and who he is within the first three conversations. 
Um, the reality of it is, in the words of you know the great urban philosophers, Mob Deep, it's only so long fake those can pretend. Well, the reality is that you will slip up. Nobody can wear that mask that grins and lies 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and especially not in a constant conversation where you're discussing things that you're comfortable with and that you know. So a person will show you exactly who they are. The problem happens when we ignore that moment of truth because we're so attracted to this person or because right. we're alone yeah. or because you know we want to we want to see you know how a little some some work with this person and so we play be like oh okay that's nice i'm gonna ignore that because mm -hmm. right. you know, i want to see and and so that's the reality or you say i can deal with that when in reality you know in your heart of hearts you can but i think we have to pay more attention to the people that we're around on a regular basis and i'm guilty of it i'm guilty of ignoring multiple red flags in the first conversation yeah you know yeah. Hey, the, the more you love yourself the more you refuse to have that energy around you and the fact of the matter is there's too many of us that don't love ourselves so yeah on the table and walk away you know it's kind of like uh, if i put all my cards on the table and say like this game is over you know mm -hmm. then it does lead to like that loneliness and loneliness is one of the hardest emotions to sit with as humans, like we just don't do well with it, you know, so we do all types of things to not be lonely. And oftentimes it's overlooking red flags in relationships. COVID got me ready to buy a damn dog. Me okay. too. I bought a dog. You bought a dog. <laughs> a dog yeah, and a Peloton. I can't afford either one. <laughs> she said a dog and a Peloton. And she can't, I can't afford either one. one. Oh, but I'm lonely. Oh, that's classic. <laughs> well, no, um, but it does feel, I mean, coming from the male perspective, though, I've consistently, and maybe it's my uh, selection process, and maybe I need some guidance on that, but I have noticed that Aww. when I say who I am, it has been, oh, yeah, I'll rock with that. And along the lines, it becomes, well, no, nah, I don't like that. Like, you need to change. And it's like, well, no, nah, I, I told you what I was in the beginning. Like, yeah. this is what I do. This is who I am. Why Why now do I have to change? And I think it goes to what you guys were saying about people are misrepresenting who they truly are or people yeah. think they have the ability or the power to change someone. Well, they're, yeah. they're going to love me so much that later on down the line, they ain't gonna, they, they, they're going to want kids or they're not going to work as much or they're going to mm -hmm. start helping me around the house. And the reality is who that person is is who that person is. However, people can't evolve, uh -huh. but they evolve because they want to, not because it's being dictated. So I think it's an adversarial relationship from what I've experienced because I'm a grown man. <laughs> I can't deal with somebody telling me what, what I will and won't do because I then I'm going to show you how I can't do what I want. And so I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because as as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, in my own personal situations of wh what if those state those differences, it's not adversarial. It doesn't become adversarial because you were ignoring that those were the differences. It's just that you said, I recognize that these are differences and those are not necessarily deal breakers for me. And in the initial relationship, you're not, so I'm recently married. So in the initial relationship, you're not dealing with those differences 24-7. Mm, yeah. But once you get together, 
now you're dealing with those differences 24 7 and what was manageable in those you know moments those coming together and you, you you know you recognize the differences but you're in that loving space now you're not always in that loving space and so it can become adversarial but not because you don't accept those differences but now you're having to live 24 7 with those differences and figuring out how to manage and negotiate those things so let's delineate the types of differences we're talking about here so we have uh those like you said that you know may not be a deal breaker or something that you can deal with you have the ones that do cause an adversary relationship but then you have complementary differences as well Absolutely. um I, i've i've seen all three i saw i i saw the adversarial as well as the eh, you know not a big deal growing up um it wasn't until recently in my life um that i met a guy who was married to a woman and they had such complementary differences that it was absolutely amazing like he a wild dude like i'm talking about wow wow i thought i was wild. he's wild, and his wife is just the most timid wonderful lady but she can give him a look like okay now hey <laughs> did, did we lose y'all we're back yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're back. I was like, wait a minute. So, we're back. So, no, what I was finishing saying was that, um, wait a minute. you know, I so we have to be very clear about whether the difference. We got to be clear about if the differences we have are deal breakers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. And, and the real. And the reality is, is that, you know, we all know our deal breakers and we sometimes try to fool ourselves into believing that they aren't. Talking from a space of, you know, people who know themselves, right? And so we're assuming that these people in these relationships are self-aware, right? So if I don't know myself and I don't know what my deal breakers are, then I can't, there's no way that I can go into a relationship and say, you know, I'm going to accept this and I'm not going to accept that. I think that goes to the space of so many times we try to find out who we are in relationship. So I know who I am when I'm connected to this person or when I'm connected to that person, as opposed to finding out who I am when I am just me. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that is kind of that fundamental space of what we call relationship hopping. Like I I can only find myself or I can only be having an identity when I'm connecting. Right. So I don't know what I'm like face to face with it. And then it doesn't make me feel good. So now it's a problem as opposed to going in with a full firm identity and being able to say this is or this isn't something that I'm going to accept or allow into my life. Because see, that's how you become Mm -hmm. Molly from Instagram. That's exactly. I'm trying to go back to like what Marvie said about communication and where this like meets with the initial question. I think a lot of it is a communication, but also um, even questioning some of our our ideals behind some of our expectations in relationships. Um, And even when I think of how we relate to other, I'm not even just talking about romantic. I know we've kind of veered into like conversations, but. I'm just thinking of how we relate to each other just as men and women and where that adversarial um, kind of attitude comes from. Um, But in relationships, I think the communication piece and where those, um, you said complementary differences and I forgot the other one you said. Um, Those that cause adversarial um, situations are just kind of meh. Because a few people have commented on like, well, what happens if I change? Like, 
the person you met in 2005 is not going to be the same person you met in 2015, which is true, right? We both evolve, we evolve and grow. Um, but I think it goes back to communicating along those changes as much as possible, but also understanding like your framework for expectations around um, mm -hmm. relationships or just how people treat you, but for the, for the sake of romantic relationships. And I think sometimes where where I find the the bucking of the heads is from Marvin said it's not just about having differences, it's just one not understanding the impact of some of the ideals. Like it's almost kind of like with racism a little bit. Like you're free to think whatever you want to think. Like you don't have to believe that all people are created equal. Like you have the right to believe that your race is the best. But it becomes a problem when that belief system now becomes a behavior and an attitude. Mm -hmm. And so it's one thing to have a certain set of beliefs, which is fine. But I then wonder, well, what happens when those beliefs then become harmful behaviors or harmful attitudes or negative attitudes for towards people who don't share those beliefs? So, yeah. And, and, and I, I want to take this conversation in a direction because I've actually had something happen Um over the past three months, um, I'm a part of an organization and I asked this question during our leadership team meetings or um, after our general body meetings. And I always ask the question like, hey, man, I've been seeing online that black women don't feel supported by black men. And that really infuriates me mm -hmm. as a black mm -hmm. man. One of my proudest moments in my life is hitting somebody calling a woman a black bitch excuse my language but i feel empowered because it also made that little sound right there so that means I really <laughs> but my my point is that i have older sisters i have a daughter i go hard for black women and it's i know there's several black men that go hard for black women but i also feel like there's a special moment of attention that is given to the people that don't so it's like, why are you looking that way when I'm jumping up and down as your cheerleader saying, I see you, you winning, keep running up the score, let's get it. So it also makes you then feel like, well, what else do we got to do? Because we are trying to support. And the response that I've received is that, well, Marvin, we, we know you do it. Oh, Chad, like we saw you in your post and everything, you good. But it's the other people. And it's like, well, we talked to them too. Like we've had poker nights and we've had the conversation about like, hey man, it's time to settle down. You got the thing. Hey, you you good? Let's talk about this. You gonna make that commitment? Is this really what you want to do? Let's pray about. Like we've had conversations to say like, let's hold our brothers accountable. But my question becomes like, why is it that there's a lot more attention to the people that are not doing it as opposed to the ones that are? Because you have to focus on those areas where you're not protected, right? So we're not focusing on we don't we don't point our security cameras towards the areas where we don't feel like anyone can infiltrate and harm us. We point our security cameras at those entry points where someone can actually enter and wreak havoc and harm to our lives. So the focus is absolutely going to be on those particular black men or people in general who are doing things that maybe not directly harm us, but maybe putting language out there or stereotypes out there or those types of things that can lead to further harm. 
mm-hmm. of us as black women. And so and and you're absolutely right. You know, there should absolutely be attention given in those, you know, to those individuals. Because there are black men out there who are absolutely supporting black women. But it's also one of those things that right now we have to focus on where we are particularly being harmed so we can prevent that from continuing. Um, and it's, it's no, 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 no. I just, hey, can we just put a pin in what you said, Dr. Young? Because I really want to come back to you. Yeah. So, so let me let me jump in for a second here. Um, the reality is, is that I completely understand that concept completely understand that concept. And I understand that both black men collectively and black women are hurting. But, you know, and anybody that's known me longer than 15 seconds knows exactly how I feel about certain conversations and certain activities that occur that affect black women disproportionately. And, you know, (laughs) excuse me. Um, And it's one of those things where, you know, I I, I go to I will I will literally go to war about that. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things that that, but I can't tell you how many times I've been lumped in as a, for lack of a better phrase, excuse my language, ain't shit nigga, Mm -hmm. because I just don't want to do this. Or because I'm not feeling you on that or because I don't give you that. And that's and that happened to me recently. Like. I was dating a young lady and I didn't want to do X, Y, Z that she wanted me to do. You know what, niggas ain't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. Be blessed. Have a good day. <laughs> and so it's one of those things that, and, and I think about the cliche that if you don't heal from what hurts you, you'll bleed on people that didn't cut you. Yeah. And a lot, I think that our frustration comes from a bled on when we really didn't do anything. Like we, we catch strays. A lot of times we catch strays. And it's just been my experience, once again, very myopic point of view, that misandry has been on the rise in, you know, our community for quite a while. I mean, and I get it. Y'all have had to deal with the bitches and hoes epidemic of the 90s and the choose better uh, movement of the early 2000s. And now you got red pill and incels everywhere being stupid and acting <laughs> fool. And throughout the whole time, you've had to deal with rape. You've had to deal with domestic violence. All that. We get it. We get it. At the same time, it's like some of us are like, yo, why you shoot me? <laughs> I'm on your side. <laughs> like I think that's where it comes from. It's frustrating. Can it's I, been. Can we just be quiet now? Like, can I point out an interesting parallel? This is often the same attitude, not attitude, but not argument, opinion, maybe that I hear yeah. from well-meaning white people when they talk about racism. Um, the well, I I go mark. Oh yeah, I get what you're saying. Own slaves. I have never been racist. So why am I getting lumped in to what bad white people are doing? And it makes me, why should I keep fighting and speaking up for black people when every time I say the wrong thing, I get like beat up? Um, Here's the difference. There's a fundamental difference though. What? Black men cannot inextricably separate themselves from black women in this country. Right. It is impossible. Yeah. White people, white people can absolutely separate themselves from us. Well, the parallel is not necessarily to whether one can separate. You think of the ideology. I think the ideology is is very similar, which often happens in conversations of like these these types, like you start hearing very similar ideology. Because again, we're talking about power. Like it's a a construct that we're trying to figure out how do we get here? Because it it didn't have to get here. Um, So I think I can acknowledge that frustration because I can't imagine that it's very hard. Nobody wants to get lumped into a behavior that they're not doing. On the flip side, I think there also has to be acknowledgement from the person in power of the harm that maybe they didn't inflict, but others who may look like them and maybe that they've even benefited from. 
even if you have not inflicted, you may have even you may have been a beneficent. Is that the right? I don't think I'm beneficiary. beneficiary. Yeah, beneficiary. Thank you. <laughs> I was trying to be like, help me out, help me out. Love <laughs> <laughs> it. So I think trying to like, how do you resolve it? Is being able to carry both. Like, how do we, I acknowledge? And I think of it like, okay, so what position of power? I'm a straight woman, right? I like mm-hmm. to think I'm, I'm, you know, kind to not just kind, but I don't, I like, I don't like the word ally, but I like to think I'm an ally to the LGBTQ community. Plus, you know, I've, I've donated, I've stood, I've gone to rallies and marches, but there are probably some things that I've benefited from as a straight woman that, you get what I'm saying? So if I kind of get hit with the stray, I have to sometimes sit with that because mm. at the end of the day, my power is greater. I don't want to say greater than my pain, but it is a little bit. So using yeah. that same level of logic, then it's kind of like when we've heard the the notion that I am a good black woman. Mm-hmm. Why won't you pay attention to the good black women? You paying attention to these. Oh, I don't like that. No, no, no. I, I, that's that's fair to the nice guy. That's what I'm saying, though. It's like and that's why I wanted to, to take yeah. that pen out. And I want to address it. Like, so if we are paying attention to the blind spots or the places mm-hmm. where you can be hurt, then why would I ever pay attention to the women that's supposed to be like good? I'm I'm, I'm trying to take care of the women that mm-hmm. they got the game wrong or this that. Are you talking about dating? No, I'm saying like in the sense of like, oh, it ain't it ain't great black men out here. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to be paying attention to that that narrative and not the narrative of this is a strong mm-hmm. black man and I support you this mm-hmm. that, and the other. That's what I was saying. We was taking a pen out of, but I really believe, yeah, I can catch that stray. And it still hurts. Yeah, like, and it still take hurts. Away but that but, but I want it to yeah. be, I think it's all about the conversation yeah. and the delivery of the message. So I give an example. I'm okay with someone saying, hey, Marvin, I know that you are supportive of black women, but we still going through it. Mm-hmm. But to say like, Man, black men don't support us. Like, well, hold on, time out. Like, I I do take offense to it. The same mm-hmm. reason why I don't like making mm-hmm. generalizations about black women. Mm-hmm. All black women yeah. don't do whatever it might be. Right? Mm-hmm. It's always about having that conversation and making sure that well, you makes- address address the actual people, the corporate. Cor- mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Corporate. Yeah. Corporate. It makes generalizations are offensive. Like any generalization is going to be offensive, right? Mm-hmm. And so. When we do hear these vast generalizations about black men this and black women that, it's going to be offensive to people in the group because there's individuals that live within that generalization that exist on a different point in the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know? I have a question, and I'm glad you said that yeah. because my question is rooted in what you just said. Yeah. So, and this is this is this is strictly for the point of furthering the conversation. Okay, let me just make that disclaimer right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there are a couple of socially acceptable generalizations to a certain extent that we have. Example. Example. Yeah. Um, black women, you know, go hard all the time. We can say positive things about black women in this country a lot of times. That's acceptable a lot of times because yeah. it's true. Let's be honest, yeah. it's true for most part, right? Yeah. Can we? Can we? Uh, can we? Is am I wrong? Did I, I want you to finish your thought. Yeah, I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah. As I said earlier, we heard the niggas ain't ish. Yeah. Conversation mm-hmm. so much that it's become to a certain extent socially acceptable within our community to a certain extent. You hear it all the time. It's everywhere. I'm just saying, you hear it all the time. Has there ever been a moment where it's been 
acknowledged, and this is really a question for y'all, mm-hmm. a, a moment where it's been acknowledged by women, that it's some women out here doing some wild, foul stuff, and, and, and y'all catch strays based on things that they did. Do y'all hold them accountable? The way we're being asked to hold these messed up dudes accountable because I anybody knows me I fight anybody in the world except Mike Tyson but I fight anybody in the world so I've, I've held dudes accountable and had to come to blows with a couple people but I, I I'm just curious as to whether or not that happens within circles of black women too do you tell your homegirl you know you ain't ish for blah 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 I think women have always been held accountable and held to different standards with. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about like within your group. Well, yeah, but I don't, I also think that's happening in, like, I don't think all, I don't like just for the sake of conversation, like ancient men, I don't believe, like, I, just like Martin was saying, like, I'm sure that there's somebody in their corner saying like, hey, that behavior is bad. Don't do that. Or that's wrong. X, Y, and Z. Now I do think socially some certain behaviors are more acceptable for yeah. men to do versus women that makes it a little bit different. So I think those conversations sometimes don't happen until much older with men. Whereas with women, we're coming out the gate. Like, don't be a fast blank girl. Don't be this. Mm-hmm. Don't have too many bodies. So I think to me, from a woman's perspective, I feel like I've always had those conversations. And I typically don't um, associate with women who behave mm-hmm. like that. And when I have had women who kind of been around friends who've done some things I didn't agree with, I would say, yo, you know, you know, that's not okay. Right. But at the end of the day, they're grown. So I think there's like the, the macro and the micro. I think there's a micro conversations where we can have within our circle. Then I think there's those macro conversations that are much larger than just who we interact with. And I think that's where some of that that pain and where a lot of like the systemic stuff is happening at a macro level. Like we're not privy to that conversation or that viewpoint. That's why I asked. Yeah. Because I, I, I really I was genuinely curious. And it can't and really I, watch I a don't think world. that I don't think that we should be privy to all those conversations. You know, I, I I am a firm believer that you you should have accountability relationships, right? Yeah. You should have those people in your life who are willing, who you will go to, but who are also comfortable coming to you and, you know, giving you correction or reproof or whatever you want to call it. Um, And I do think that some of those conversations should be in private because what what we're trying to do is not shame people. We're trying to help people grow and develop. And I think sometimes where a lot of the problems come in is that some people do want some of those very per- private conversations that need to be had to be had on a public stage and a public right. forum, not for the purpose of the person to grow, but for the purpose of that person to be called out for what they're doing. Um, and if we want to see change, I think sometimes we have to shift and do these things in private. But I, I want to come back to one of those, to, to something that you said earlier about the socially acceptable stereotypes, I think is what you- Yeah, yeah. specifically within our community. Within, within our community. But I want to point out that just because there is a stereotype that is socially acceptable does not mean that it is not harmful, even if it comes off in a very positive way, because it puts people in the position of having to then meet that standard. And if you're not able to meet that standard, that can cause just as much harm as a negative stereotype. For instance, you know, maybe every Black girl out here ain't being masculine right now, right? And that could be, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you, if you can't live up to, to a, a certain positive stereotype or standard, 
then that can lead to, you know, feelings of inadequacy. It can lead to other people looking at you like, well, girl, all these other black women out here doing this, that, and the third, what you doing? You know what right. I mean? Like, get out of bed on time. Listen, I might be doing real good. To, uh, I, I had to give myself <laughs> kudos because I put makeup on today. My face has not seen makeup in ball, hell, three weeks. Okay. So that, that's a magical moment for me. But we have to be very careful about these positive stereotypes um again because they can be just as harmful as anything else i think um going to what you were just saying i think it's all about equality in every sense of the word so the same level of grace that i think women are asking for men are wanting the same thing and vice versa Mm -hmm. so i I want the ability to if uh, a black woman is given the grace to have her moments or have her ways or to need to grow and evolve why can't black man black men have the same thing but I do believe that on a relational, in a relational standpoint, the problem comes in with you have guy, guy gets hurt. So, okay, I'm going to hurt the next person or I'm going to do this, that, and the other. The next time, good girl me messed up guy. Now, good girl is, oh, well, I'm not going to let my guard down again for a while. It's a nice guy, hurts nice guy, and it's hurt people, hurt people. And like Chad said, like some of these people ain't healing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Why not healing? Can I ask another question? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and this is just something I heard recently. And so, you know, toxic masculinity has been a constant topic for the past, you know, couple sorry. years. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's a thing. Tired. Let's be I'm honest. So no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. Toxic and anything that a black man does that that identifies <laughs> as something that we hold masculine as, oh, that has to be toxic. But no, but, some, but let's be honest though. Let's be fair because some of that shit is toxic. I mean, let's be real. Some of it is toxic, and I've been toxic before. I will admit. I think it. I think they made a. Some people made a real big umbrella. Well, yeah, and but, but let me get to my question. Okay, okay. So, um, so we've, we've talked a lot about you know toxic masculinity over the past couple of years, and you know, given honor the future, who is the you know patron saint of toxic masculinity, um. Um, I want to say that I've heard recently that some women desire a certain level of toxicity because that's what they identify masculinity with. Yeah, is that a is that a thing also, that you yeah, can perpetuate toxic masculinity? Perpetuate toxic masculinity. So I didn't know. I'm like, just, yeah. Toxic masculinity is not limited to men. It's a belief system that is. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. I think I was cutting you off. But yeah, no, I was saying the exact same thing that you're saying. Yeah, so that not, women can be perpetuators. Just like women, just like black people can be perpetuators or anti-blackness. Like it's not just yeah, limited right. to the thing. And I think I and I got this from Napoleon. I don't know if he's still on or not. Um, but he's very intentional about not use about not using the phrase toxic masculinity, not because he doesn't believe it exists, but because it immediately brings up defenses. Um, right. Once you bring up defenses, then men typically shut down. And it's like, oh, well, I can't be a man. Like, no, no, no. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that it's a certain set of behaviors that are often attributed to masculinity that are often harmful. So right. I'm not saying masculinity in and of itself is toxic, but certain ideas like men can't cry. Right. Some men hold that to be strength. They look at strength as I'm not crying. Whereas like, you know, that's mm-hmm. probably what's killing you and giving you high blood pressure, your heart disease. So right. that's when it becomes toxic, not masculinity of in itself. So I, I understand why he doesn't use the phrase. He often calls it unhealthy um, or yeah. he's probably here. So he can correct me if I'm wrong. But to your question, Chad, yeah, women can absolutely because 
same thing what Marvin just said about hurt people hurt people. Hurt people yeah. also are looking for like they're not looking for the most healthy in whole relationships. So right. they are absolutely wanting the guy that perpetuates those behaviors because that's what they think of themselves. That's what they think they're deserving. So women have absolutely said things like man up. You shouldn't do that. This is what you should do because you're a man that are like, nah, you you ain't helping him. Like you, yeah. you beat him down with what you have, what you think masculinity mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I'll give a great example. I didn't know that men, not men, because women thought it too. I didn't know that it was a thing for men to walk on the outside of you and walk. It wasn't literally, I was like an adult. Yeah, the gentlemanly thing to do is walk to the street side. And okay, and so I'm very, I'm a practical person. Like when you tell me you're doing something, I'm gonna have to ask you, well, okay, well, why is that a thing? So when someone explained, I was like, oh, cause if a car jumps a curb, the man gets hit first. And I said, okay, well, wait a minute. Let's, what car are you it's aiming for one person? We just saw this happen like across the street. Are you serious? What, <laughs> did, did, a, did a body stop a car? Like it what? Not, it did not. Did he just stop the car and hit a like, column? <laughs> but here, but the man is in the column, though, right? So when we I think about that. it, it's like no, no, no. it really doesn't. Really, it sounds stupid, but it's it something. It sounds stupid. It's a, it, it, can we? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, it's natural for me because I was raised in a southern gentleman way, even though I slid, you know, way left for, for much of my but life. But I mean, I, <laughs> I think if we, if we really draw attention to like the behind, like why are we doing this? And you're like, oh, because that's how I was raised. Okay, well, I just thought it was a sign of respect. It, is it now beneficial, you know? And have you ever asked a woman though, like some of these like chivalrous, more like Southern respectability kind of things? Have anyone ever asked a woman like how they actually feel about like some of these things? And I only asked because I only asked because, you know, I you know, I have a really good friend who's, you know, very such a southern gentleman you know, does all of those Southern gentlemen things. And I absolutely hate it. And I've just kind of said, okay, it's, I'm not trying to change you from doing that. I'm just saying that for me, like, I don't need that for me. Right. Right. So, and it's perfectly wonderful and okay for you to do those things. I'm just saying, hey, for our interpersonal interactions, I don't need that, right? So I'm just curious to the guys, like, how do you determine, like, when to do these things? And when not? Well, and I mean, when not? It's out of respect for me. Like, I, oh. if I respect you and I appreciate you, whether you're a, a platonic friend or a romantic partner, it's just right. a small, subtle sign of respect and, and appreciation for you. It's a, it's, a, it's a small sign of care. Like, it's just, a, that is, that's what it is for me. The women that I have dated that didn't like it, but they didn't really like me that much either. So it's just kind of, you know, it was one of those things, you know. Why you say hello? So uh, for me, it's <laughs> Southern gentleman, or at least I feel like I am. I've been told that I'm a Southern gentleman, um, but I realized that things that I thought were normal in Alabama is very different the further north you get. So I've had to ask questions about how do you feel about X, Y, and Z? And again, this is that, conver- that's that yeah. conversation yeah. that we keep going back to. But I've had the conversation of this is so normal to me. I tell everybody, let me know when you make it home safe. Because in Alabama, you might at not. A point in time, people didn't make <laughs> it home safe. Right. Right. Literally, that right. was passed down for generations that right. you yeah. let someone know that sure. you're home. Say that to a young lady here. 
Why well, I gotta tell you when I'm home? You ain't my daddy. Oh, no. Yeah. I was I got so hurt. <laughs> but again, it goes to all right, that young lady doesn't want to be asked when do you make it home? So you make an adjustment. It's not it's not a deal breaker. It's just okay, well, you understand. But when we're talking about equality though, um, and we're talking about these things, I've seen the messages and the posts about, well, I want me a guy that's still gonna open a car door or whatever, this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, hold on, wait, wait a minute. Like for me, I, I believe in equality. So why you ain't finna get out that car and come open my door? Actually, I'm just saying, if we if we really trying to be on some equal stuff, hey, why don't we just open our own door? Thank you. Because my thing is, look, I'm from the south. I'm from Alabama too. I love you know some gentleman like things. But sir, please please don't come open my door and put me in that hot car before you didn't already cranked it up and got the air conditioner on. Because now I'm just sitting here sweating because you want to be a gentleman. Well, no, I mean, I've, I've heard this, uh, and this was actually in a, a, a group meet with some guys that I know, and it was like, women want equality until it's time to pick up some heavy or to kill a flying roach. Oh. And I found that so hilarious. Oh, you missed the part about the check, too. Well, that was what, what that, part it, the, the, the whole thing was women want equality and sell us time to pick up something heavy, pick up the check, or kill a oh, kill, that's kill a real interesting. That's what okay. that that's so what it said. Can, can, can we touch on this a little bit? Yes, finances and masculinity. Well, that yeah. is the finances of the women want equality. First of all, the whole equality argument is talking about equality and economic safety, political yeah. equality. And it's like, yeah, until it's time to pick up a check. It's like, really? Is that what, what we're talking about? Like, like, that's how it is. You know, I'm so sad. You just turn into Hank Hill? Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> they be at the gym. They be at the gym. That's what it feels like for us. That y'all were like, Ooh, pick up the check, you know, instead of like, it's this really broad. I pictured you with a red MAGA hat on just then. <laughs> and some suspenders and jeans. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're talking about equity, really. And like, I was going to say equity. It's not equality. We're talking about equity, but on so much like bigger level. So to simplify it to just like these very, it's it's like, it's it's so dismissive of of bigger things of what we're asking for. And I think it also assumes even footing across the board. And I think it's coming back to like those gender wars. I think one reason why it gets so tense is each side doesn't understand understand each other's plight. So yeah. when you can understand where the other person is positioned, I think it changes the way you even approach the argument. If you can say, you know what, I get it. As a black woman, your existence has been like this to my level of understanding. I can say as a black man, your existence has been this versus like trying to force like you to come see everything from my lens. It's like being able to see the other side and acknowledge so even when we're talking about conversations about equality, it's not just opening a door and picking up a check. We're talking about like pay. We're talking about respect. We're talking about That's what I was gonna say the equal pay gap. Yeah. Yeah. And so things like a check, part of that came from sexism, from like men were supposed to be the head of the household. So it's like the stuff that you didn't create, but y'all created. And now y'all like, wait a minute, I don't like this no more. I don't well, like no, this. I mean, I'm I'm I ain't gonna lie, I get offended yeah. if you read my check. What'd you say? If I'm if I'm dating, I do get offended if you read my check. Like, I ain't gonna lie. It offends me when uh, a woman reaches for the check, but it is one of those moments of 
when uh you get the menu and they like ask can they order something like oh. a certain thing it's like well do i need to slap my wallet on the table like like you think i'm broke or something what, no. gave, what gave the illusion oh no I, it's a, with me it's just it's just i'm not crazy I'm on this uh on this <laughs> this podcast but i got i got a few Wait, how old are these women who was asking what they order? Right. So let's see. It was in a uh, late Okay. Um, one was twenty seven. One was thirty five. One was thirty two. No, no it's one of those. So for example, like just just this, just, just the day before yesterday, I'm out to dinner, and you know, I paid for you know dinner. Me and her, we having a good time. I paid for the hookah. Cool. That's it. Is we just chilling? COVID? Doing the bin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need to move. Can we switch? <laughs> so, but it, but the thing is, it wasn't. I, I hugged you when I saw you, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a date though, and we were socially distanced, and I brought my own mouthpieces. Now, anyway, it was just one of those things. It was. Yeah, it was just hanging. Yeah, it's just a homie. It's just a homie, and you know, it's one of those things. Like I, I pay for that. When we get to the next spot, you know, we sitting there talking, and she's like. Well, let me get it because you got last time yeah. with the homie. I was like, "You sure?" Because she knows how I am. She's seen me on dates before. She knows. I'm like, "Are you sure?" Because I got it. I'm prepared to get it. She like, "Yeah, I got it." I said, "I tell you what, let's look at the bill and see how much it is. You know, if it's over a certain amount, then I'm not gonna feel right. You know, for this, the bill came it was eighty five bucks. I was like, "So what you want to do?" She said, "We can split a half if you want to." I was like, "Okay, cool." Because she knew I just wasn't comfortable with anybody spending that amount of money on me. Like mm. that. It, it is. It, what you doing next weekend? Because I want to. <laughs> 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 like, like you down yeah. for one of those homie outings? Right. <laughs> had a couple things. I want. Nah, to we had. To, this was this, this was something we we had to we had to, we had to have a come to Jesus meeting about some things. So that's really what it was. Too. Oh, so. interesting. Yeah. Things get really interesting around finances. And it really does. It really does. Why? And, that's a great question. That's what I would like to know. Why? Yeah. Okay, so here's what I've I've recognized. If there if the gentleman does not feel secure in his finances, oh. it becomes an issue. Yes. And it's a talking point. Yes. Because I can genuinely say Marvin, right out of grad school, first job ever, I was paying attention. When we went to a restaurant and you was lingering on that drink menu a little too long. <laughs> so, but adult Marvin with finances baby what, i mean what, why are you asking like get if you with me get what you want like but when it, what if the tables were turned and i was to say i got it and i i don't have a problem with paying for it you know like if i were to say hey marv we should hang out like last time you, we went on a date you kind of pay for everything i got us next time and then when we flip it it's like nah like well, you can't. I, I want to say. I want to say again. I'm comfortable in in my manhood. That if you said something like that, I'm cool with it. And honestly, for me, you just showed me that there's a mutual level of interest. That I I truly understand this concept that some women have that my time is worth money, so you should spend it to be with me to create memories and whatnot. But I also feel like my time is valuable as well True. so if you want to I, if i'm the only person calling if i'm the only person reaching out that doesn't feel like reciprocity to me and my my relationships don't have to always be 100 reciprocity but don't it feel good 
When somebody I'm sorry. I'm done with 8020. I'm sorry. I'm done. Uh I guess so, with sorry, me. Was, was that an actual like you tried No, to that was a good answer. You was trying to take me to you want to go out? I got you too. Oh, that's what I'm saying. She she said some. I got you. No, but I mean, I have had, I have had, I have had women take me out. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm specifically talking about like when I said I get offended. It's like if, if you, if, if we're on that level, and I've already been, you know, you see how customary it is for me to do such, and I'm not gonna invite you out if I can't pay for it. Now, I have had women so, invite me. So can I, I can I say something? So, um, similar to kind of what. Marvin said, so let's say it is customary for you to do that. You are on that level. If she sees that that is your way of demonstrating, like, look, we're on that level. This is, you know, this is my way of showing you, like, this where we at. If she's like, okay, that's how he does it. I want to be able to do that for him. She's not saying let's do it every time, but maybe she's saying, you know what? I want to take you out this time. Like, is it gonna be a problem if you're if you're saying like this is how you know we're at that space we're at that level she says okay we well, you know what? i want to demonstrate the same thing for you i'm gonna do that for you this time is it okay or will that I still be let me maybe, no, I maybe I, the word offended is a little bit wrong the okay. word, if, i get the word offended it, the context is not coming through i'm just gonna it, it's very odd to me and i'm not gonna say off-putting maybe it's just it makes me uncomfortable sometimes mm. in certain situations because I dated, you know, I dated a young lady for, for a significant amount of time. And it was sometimes that, you know, she would pick up a check or like sometimes like she would surprise me by like handing her card to the server while I was in the bathroom or something like that. And, you know, for my birthday, she took me out for the whole weekend, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So, yeah, I've been in those situations before. It's just one of those things where like if I invite you out, if I've made the plans. That means it's in my budget to pay for this, for sure. you know, because I've heard way too many conversations where women talk about they took it, they, they went out with this dude and, you know, all that. And it was like, yeah, baby. So, you know, I left my wallet. In yes. The well, you want to go and get I, this? And I heard that dude. Sorry. Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to say this and it, it's not a gender war thing, but to some women coming from a man. And also, I, I found this very interesting that when women are looking for man advice they always go to women i mean and not the not guys and vice versa when a guy's having women problems he goes to a guy hmm. wouldn't you want to go to the opposite sex the then i think they need to inside? expand their circle right they they need to expand those accountability people yeah, so no, that absolutely. they can't have different. I mean, it's okay to, if you want to go get another guy's perspective, but you know, have some male and female point of view no, for no, sure. No, absolutely, but I was that wasn't the, the, the <laughs> that's, that's a that's a mind thing. say that if you're going out and and you haven't had that conversation about finances. I genuinely do believe that it's innate in a man to want to provide. And that's being able to create those moments and pay for those moments. I've been broke my whole entire life. And now that I finally got it, like, don't you, like, I want you to reap the benefits of this. Like, you should want to reap the benefits of it. So that's the you thing. Yeah. Right. 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 So I think that's what gets people caught up in some of these, like, gender wars and conversations. Like, we, we are looking at the world from our perspective, what we think is right, what we think are the the norms and then when people don't like fall in line it's like well how dare you and it's like well they not they not in your way so yeah. in that same <laughs> sense i mean i had to check myself 
because I'll let you spend money on me all day just because that's one of my uh, love language. I love receiving gifts and acts of services. <laughs> um, it wasn't until like I and I'm still working on this idea of like splitting checks on first dates. Like, I don't mind paying for stuff because, again, my my love language is acts of service. So I don't mind paying for things. But the, my traditional mindset that comes out is like the first time I'm not. Now, do I come with enough to cover it? Yes. And have I gone? Have I split it? Yes. But every time I do, I'm like, oh, this feels weird. But even still, I have to like, OK, mm -hmm. this is my stuff. This is my belief yeah. system. This is what I yeah. have been raised on. And maybe it's not. Right and see, wrong. my thing was the first date. I never want you to pay I, it's who because I, if I if I am not into if if after the first date I already know there's not going to be a second. I don't want you to feel as if you have you know wasted your time, wasted your money. Like I'm good. I'm gonna. I'm I'm paying myself. My thing is more so. My thing is more so the communication of expectation. And I I would often pay myself because I wanted to communicate the expectation. Like, look, you got you. I got me. If we continue on down this road, then, you know, okay, cool. We can start doing this whole, you know, you pay for the date. But right now, I'm not sure where I stand with you, and I don't want you to have any expectations from me. See, my so thing I, is expectation is your issue, not mine. But I, Well, I'm saying, my, well, but I, for me as a woman, you know, and, and I guess my thing has always been, I often think from a, a place of protection, because I, I always have this assumption, and maybe it's from just past things in my life but I've always had this the assumption of like I don't want anybody to get into their feelings or emotions after a date and feeling like oh well I did this for you and now you know blah 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 there's this expectation I'm coming from a safety perspective for myself as a woman yeah. and that's, that's well, I just mean, my, I mean that's my that's my stuff but know, I was gonna say that I look at it um in a different stance that if I paid $150 and that date didn't go well then I just paid a hundred. I just paid one hundred and fifty dollars to know that you're not the one for me. Right. And I'd rather pay that one hundred and fifty dollars than me spending <laughs> the next three months of my life thinking you are the one for me and <laughs> finding out that you're not. So it's the cost. It's an investment. And sometimes you're gonna cash out. Sometimes you're not. But nothing in this world is free. So it's like, all right, well, cool. I'm cool with that. Right. And there's some men but out I'm there who's going to try to recoup. They're going to try to recoup. <laughs> I don't want you to feel like there's nothing to recoup. <laughs> I guess I've always, once I got, got past a certain age of just like understanding people are going to, people's expectations and even our obligation, that has nothing to do with me. I'm my own person. You can expect whatever you want. We could have had, and I've had this happen where I'm like, oh, we don't do the Finlay's had a great day with the guy first date and he's like oh i don't get a kiss well you definitely not get it now but but no but he Cause he well because that's yeah and that in the stand because the date was ending so obviously you're not and if you because then i'm gonna kiss you because you asked for it versus because i wanted to strange. Like, that's strange i also read the room i'm getting back <laughs> into my dr young miami i mean dr april yes. so you said something real interesting there you said uh expectations and yeah. i i believe that the root of all suffering is the mismanagement of expectations Okay, so it, and and then you follow that with read the room. If you read the room, you can always manage your expectations. That was a scripture. And the reality is, is that far too many people aren't managing their expectations properly when it comes to members of the opposite sex. 
Um, we we meet somebody, we kick it with them. Oh, she cool. Oh, she's cute. Blah blah blah. And I'm guilty of it. I mean, I've mismanaged the hell out of some expectations. But the reality of it is that we all do it. And so I think we need to do better about reading the situation, reading the person that we're with, and managing our expectations fully. Yeah, yeah, agree. I, I was I, the only reason why I was taken aback yeah. is because in the in the days of the Me Too movement, mm -hmm. I think it's appropriate for a man to say, so am I going to get a kiss? Like, can I get a why, kiss? Like, why? Because if, if she want to kiss, go for it. Okay. Well, why, because why if I just that? go for wait, 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 it. So let's talk about that. Why do I ask, <coughs> am I going to get a kiss or I go for it? No, I don't, again, I think it's a conversation. And I don't feel I don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. in this day and age mm -hmm. for me to make any random move Agreed. without without having a conversation. So there's a difference between saying, "How do you feel about kissing?" or "I would I'm I'm really connected right, to you, I and I feel like kissing you in a moment, but I want to respect you about that." Is much different than so I can't get a kiss. But hold on, time but, out. It's it's a question. That's that's the general basis of what I'm saying. A person can ask a question. Hold it's on, the way he you, delivered it that was because, not okay. Just because you put a question mark at the end of something don't necessarily... Doesn't make it a question. <laughs> Here's my thing. So this goes Good. back to reading the room. That's like, can I get a hug? Where my hug? <laughs> Where my, my hug? hug? Yes, you don't ever like... be that guy. <laughs> ever be that guy. So, so but no, it's, 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 I, I just genuinely believe that you should you shouldn't just go for certain things. You're right. And and, and what I'm hearing yeah. from you is yeah. the question is okay. It's the way you present that same absolutely. question. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, I'm feeling the energy tonight or whatever. Mm -hmm. Would it be rude if I, I kiss yes, you? Yes, that would be perfectly fine. Cause then I would say, cause the, the how I knew that wasn't a question is when I said no, he got upset, which uh, I was like, well, well, give me that like well, how you never know this. Man, his expectation. It was the expectation. Go ahead. So body language. Okay, if a woman wants to kiss you, when you give her that good night hug, she gonna linger for a second, like, "Hey, right, bro, like, what you doing?" Like, hey, and you can still ask <laughs> in that moment. Like, there's a way to go about yeah. where it doesn't sound like I'm demanding yeah. something from you, but I'm yeah. just making it sound like a question. Versus, like, you go in for the hug, and you're like, "Wow, I'm kind of feeling like you, you, I would like to kiss you right now." How do you is, feel she, about is she going back? Uh, Doctor April. <laughs> Back in Auburn, had a conversation with me about her talking to football players or some class yeah, 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 about yeah. like consent changed my whole entire life. <laughs> That's you, a good thing. It's better, better, I'm hoping. So as we get into wrapping up. Do you guys have any takeaways from this conversation? I know we kind of been like floating all over the place, but just wanting to see if there's any takeaways, any lessons learned as we've been like hearing each other's perspective and just talking a little bit about some of these spaces where there tends to be war or disagreement or misunderstanding. I think it's uh, my, my biggest takeaway from what I've heard is that everything isn't for everybody. <clears throat> and trying to understand and look at things from a different perspective and trying to understand the starting point of where they're coming from and and giving empathy and patience i think that's something that i will start doing i feel like i've done a decent job but i need to go a step further and understanding the plight of the black woman to be able to have more meaningful conversations but also, if I understand them a little bit better, when I'm delivering some issues that I have, I can come to them in a way 
that I think will be more receptive. Mm -hmm. That's good. Nice. I like that. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my takeaway is y'all think a man is gonna stop a car if it jump a curve. <laughs> No, we're gonna push y'all out the way and take the blow. That's what oh, you miss. Stop. Now I'm sad because you did that in hell. That don't have survivor's guilt because. Yeah. Um, now I'm traumatized. See, that's why you date women and no CPR. <laughs> you bloody. I'm not performing. I'm not doing CPR bloody. during the time of COVID. You I'm don't sorry. look just like that test dummy and queen. I'm not performing. <laughs> y'all literally let me look again. Even that test dummy be looking on. Oh, we only going inside. We ain't going nowhere walking. We only gonna take cars. I'm Ubering <laughs> up the street. Okay. You um, can't walk only a block away? No, because you would let me die. No, I'm saying <laughs> both of us gonna screw when we see a car coming too fast. Um my takeaway, I think, is similar to, to what Marvin said, is, is the power of listening, the power of also just understanding the source of a lot of a lot of uh, what we believe. And it's okay sometimes to question um, and to re-examine and to 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 re, I guess, not re, to shift as needed. I think my takeaway is the importance of knowing that sometimes the that the beliefs that you carry they don't have to be generalized to everybody else. And being able to sit and kind of ask yourself, why do I carry these beliefs? And in this situation with this person, is this something that's profitable to the relationship, to the friendship, to the interaction? Right. So I think that's one thing, like doing that inner work before you jump into saying that everybody should and everybody shouldn't. And so that's that's a takeaway. So my takeaway, um, I have two. The first one is let her get the check sometime. Dang. Yeah. You don't have to do that with me. You I ain't paying for that nan on the first date. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's my new rule. That's my new rule. Nope. Nope. I ain't paying for that nary a thing <laughs> out here. Uh, no, the second one is uh, I really like how you couple, you know, read the room with managing your expectations. I had never thought to couple um, really just understanding the situation you're in, situational awareness, essentially, um, mm -hmm. as it relates to other people. Um, I've always been a big fan of reading body language and, and listening to tone and stuff like that. Um, and sometimes I've been really bad at reading the room, but I'll be honest with you, like managing my expectations and coupling that, that's something that I'm going to, you know, that's take real. with me and, and use, you know, more frequently from now. That's real. Good. And my takeaway is that we just need to continue to have these conversations with people. And if we know loved ones, whoever that needs some kind of accountability person, we need to encourage them to find that. Because I think part of learning and growing and developing is talking to people who may have different viewpoints and perspectives than you do. I like that. That's good. Um, Good. So we typically close out everything with a segment called Send One Your Love, where it's basically our chance to you send love out into the universe, into the world, to a person that maybe has made you smile or just lighten the load for you recently. And this is just a way to express gratitude. Um, so I actually have one. So y'all could be thinking. Um I want to send my More love out to, to my friends who stepped like in unexpectedly. I was ranting on Facebook. Actually, just lately, my people have been showing up in ways that I have not asked them to. And it's been like 
it's been a great reminder. I'll put it like that. Um, I was ranting on Facebook because I just found out that it was going to cost me $500 to apply for license year on, license year on top of like the 